Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lumos. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill. Also known as Sir Ezra, the watchful history of magic professor, the flannel wizard, obviously. Yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, my wonderful co-host and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. Hallo, einen wunderschönen guten Tag. Frohe Weihnachten euch allen. We are so happy that you're here. Come in, make yourself at home in our beautiful little cottage on the outskirts of Tinworth. This is episode number 71 of Shell Cottage Radio, and this week we will talk about chapter 14 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Snape's Grudge. Today we have some cottage ketchup as well as special trivia questions that we can ask Bill, our totally British wizard, about British Christmas. Before we dive into the summary and the chapter discussion. So let's start with some long-expected cottage ketchup. Are we recording is the question. Yeah, we're recording. We're recording? Yeah, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. You looked at the recorder. and I, was I look at the recorder all the time. I'm always making sure that okay. your your audio levels are good and that we're good. Okay, good. Are they good? Yeah, they're good. Are you good? I'm good. Yeah, I'm great. Okay. How you doing? Good. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> it's like my students. You ask them, how are you? Good. I'm good. Uh, good. Yeah, fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> No, I'm doing really good. I'm so excited. I love that we, again, we changed up our space a little bit and we're getting closer and closer and closer to, you know, the studio that we want and that's functional, that looks good. And uh, we are actually working on some um, visuals to make a video version of this. Yes. Yes, we are. And uh, it's going to be great. I'm pumped. I've ordered some stuff on Amazon that I think is going to be really good. Merry Christmas to us. And uh, <laughs> it will be for for the studio, for the video version. And I hope, hopefully you guys will like it. I uh, just wanted to bring that back. So anybody who wants to check it out over on YouTube, it'll be hosted on the Extended Edition. Uh, it'll be the Shell Cottage Radio playlist over there. So you can yes. check that out. Um, I want to say, though, just want to go ahead and full full disclosure here. I was um, one knee trembling up on my up on my desk the other day trying oh. to trying to adhere a what do you call this? It's like um, it's, it's not wallpaper. Well, well, it's like yeah, like yeah, it is wallpaper. It I is guess wallpaper. right. <laughs> just, you just stick it to the wall and you can peel it off if you need to. Yeah, I hope we can peel it off, and I hope it doesn't just tear off all of the paint. <laughs> it, might, it might. Like we've got strips of it. it but uh, yeah, I was. It was terrifying for a hot second the other day yes I was, it was i, I was don't know if you noticed huh yeah. but i grabbed a blanket 
and I spread it underneath the table, I the did. desk. Why? So if you would fall, you would fall. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Not as hard. <laughs> like that blanket was going to cushion yeah. my fall. Honestly, I had the t- Why most terrible Why not the pillows? Positions. Why not the pillows? I don't know. I thought if you st- you know fall down and you step on a pillow and then you strain your ankle or whatever. You oh, if I would have fallen, it would have been bad either I know. way. I would have broken was, an arm. I was scared. I would have cracked my I mean, just... Yeah, these. I think at first Lottie was kind of worried about these uh, these desks that we that we have. Like, They're oh, can, can they can they yeah. are you good standing on that? Like what? And it's like I pointed to, and I didn't. I'm gonna point to it now though. These are called husky desks. All right, <laughs> husky, meaning that they can handle quite the load. All right, so I wasn't too worried. And when I, you know, guys yeah. saw muscle. Yeah. As I mean, I'm nothing but pure muscle. I don't want to brag or anything, but uh, that's a muscle weighs it weighs a lot. All right, so and I got a lot of it. So <laughs> no, honestly, you do. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're so sweet. But I, I got up on the table and it's fine. I knew it was going to, it holds like over a thousand pounds or something like that. Crazy. <laughs> it's a workbench. They're actually workbench. Oh, okay. Benches. Yeah. That. Yeah. So they're designed. They're awesome. Yeah. They're designed to be, have like clamps and different things mm-hmm. on them. And I just thought, okay, cool. I can kind of do whatever I want here. I clamp a lot of stuff like our microphones and cameras and lights and stuff to the uh, bench itself. But anyway, I was up there trying to put the wallpaper up and yeah. oh boy, if you guys could have saw. The right knee was shaking. I was like, <laughs> and I, Hold up. it was yeah. like, it was like sticking everywhere. And I was like, oh, God. And I was like taking it off and I was like <laughs> re-adhering it. And then I'm like, let's just try to put it in the corner. And, and then I go, oh, it's wrinkling. And then I just freaked out. I mean, I was sweating while Woo, I, was I was watching you. Oh, I was sweating. I was sweating. There was, mm, <laughs> it was bad. Anyway. So yeah, it does look cool though, and we then kind of tacked up some of my uh, some some cool artwork behind me. Got oh, a yeah. nice little backlight. That and, yeah. brought back memories of if you remember our bug attack on <gasps> one of our episodes. It was also around like last year around Christmas, I think. Oh, do you guys so remember terrible that? bug attack? Do any listeners remember <laughs> the like like literally? I mean, I think you can hear in the background of that episode just like a. Mm-hmm. Then you can hear this this whoosh, whoosh, and it's just like. Whoosh, now I'm sorry for bug enthusiasts, hey, but like, sorry, like like but. honestly, you guys, Lottie is out. Of, she's typically like, you know, I mean, I, 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 how do I put this? She's very. Um, I don't like to just kill the animal. Yeah, no, not at all. She's she's out on that, and that's not yeah. right. That's always. But like when it comes to scary spiders and bugs, you I turn into feel, a different person. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm gone. Like I'm yeah. You just it's something it's, takes it's over. something instinctive that I can't really control. And it's it's hard it's to It's a phobia. It's, it's a, a little it phobia, phobia, and we're we're working on it. But yet we found. Oh, this is disgusting. One of the bugs survived. <laughs> one survived. So go check behind your picture frames in your house, and you know those little stink blo- the stink bugs like the. They're yeah, like, we don't have them, and I've never seen them in Germany. But here, if you kill, like, oh. if you squash, squash, squash them, yeah, they. Stink. St- like they, they, yeah, put up a really bad smell. Actually, even if you don't do that, like even if you're just around them, you start to mess with them a little They're bit, like very... push them. That's their defense mechanism. Yeah. They just, you know, little yeah. pume of little bug fart. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just right there. And the, and you get away because you're like, it smells bad. I know. But uh, we got to pull off a, one of my, we're just moving. I think we're just moving the frame over to the yes. other side of the wall. And I take it off and I'm about to reach behind it and start touching it and here crawls this little critter just over the frame and says hello i was sleeping and i live how here dare you. how dare you move this frame i was hiding from you guys and i've been here for months Ugh. 
Yeah. Four months. That thing could have just, at any moment, mm-hmm. it could have just sprang at you. Got you. I know. It was right above my head. Right above your time, head. But so. Anyway. Anyway. So glad we moved everything. And now, if you imagine, like, we have a cool, like, two desks next to each other and one desk coming out where we can meet in the middle. So it's like an L shape plus my desk next to it. Like, it's it's really cool. It's like a T shape. Sorry. I should say it's like a T shape. T shape. Yeah, yeah. We meet in the middle and then our desks are, like, next to each other, like a you know the tea yeah we'll post a picture so. on instagram for you guys uh we're pretty proud of it i'm 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 happy with yes. it and we so. keep that's the cool thing right now we just keep experimenting with things we last year we experimented with names for our youtube or what kind mm-hmm, of content mm-hmm. we want to post and we feel like we just with every step we're getting closer and closer and it's okay to try different things notice okay maybe that doesn't work the way we want to and then try to something different and that's what we did with our setup with our youtube and i think yeah, again, we're getting closer and closer to where we want to go. Yeah, and actually, the other day you posted, just last night, you posted on Instagram um, a question for listeners. We just mm-hmm. recorded our our summaries um, for these upcoming episodes. And uh, we, we, yeah, so, you know, you, you yeah. right? You posed a question uh, as to whether or not they are too long, are they too short, are they just right? Does it matter to you? Do you have a preference or not? Yep. And then even something about, I think, audio and... Uh, Right. So, yeah. Yeah. The, while yeah. you do that, I'm going to go grab my coffee. Okay. Sounds good. Love you guys. Um, first of all, thank you to everybody who has voted. This really, really helps us. And it makes me feel so much better um, about the length of the summary. Because sometimes we've been debating, are they too long? Are they, you know, quite a bit to listen to? But actually, like, why, you know, then we debate whether we should keep going, make them that long, put in all this effort. If you guys didn't even want it that long, why would we do that? So I thought maybe we just ask you guys. Yeah. And I am so happy with the result that you said it's perfect, either, you know, perfect length. Uh, I enjoy a detailed summary or they could be even longer. So that motivates me to to really put in the effort to write our summaries. We write them ourselves every single time. And yeah. I, I it's so fun because that way I also read the chapter in more detail and yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah. it helps the discussion and then it, it's it's cool i think some folks um even indicated there was somebody who voted like yeah we love the music and the sound effects so it just mm-hmm. takes a little bit more uh effort to do but yes. we're hoping to you know pull those out later post them on youtube and then we want we want the audio version to be highest quality really that good. we can make yeah. it so yeah so, thanks again for um giving us your feedback and your uh your honest opinion yes it. yeah Yep, yep, so, yep. So, yeah, any, what else? anything else? I mean, I guess we're going to Germany soon. Yes, Christmas is coming up, and uh, next week. I mean, you might be listening to this maybe right before Christmas, and then even though our next episodes are after Christmas, they're still kind of Christmas themed. So, because um, we're recording a bunch of them right now before we go to Germany, so then we can schedule them for you guys mm-hmm, for the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Uh, but we're excited. Yep, to go see friends and family and walk around the christmas markets and just enjoy the festive yeah. atmosphere in europe yeah the glue vine i'm coming yeah. for you all right <laughs> rika already uh, recommended some some of the good christmas markets to us and and i recommended some to her because um yeah she's in the area um yeah which is a lot of fun to just I exchange ideas <laughs> i can't wait it's awesome me too all right um I have a special treat for you, Bill. Oh, okay. did you want to mention something else? I see you just grabbed your lightsaber. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> I... Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> did you want to say something? 
<laughs> but you um, did. I, I'm holding it right here. And uh, yeah, I, well, no, I just, I have it next to me. And so it's sometimes I just play with, wow. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I just grab something to kind of fiddle with or whatever, you know what okay. I mean? In, in, while, while we're doing podcasts. And it happens to be here now, so I kind of wanted to, and I can also point with it, right? I can't wait for the video version of the podcast so people can actually, like, what's going on? Bill's uh, just in the background igniting some lightsabers we're talking about wands. Right, yeah. Um, now, I do know, we, ha- we don't have any wand um, partnerships yet, necessarily. We did get a wand, and we are going to kind of maybe reach out to that company, and I can see mm-hmm. later um, if they're just, it's a great wand. We got the Elder Wand, actually. We got the Elder Wand right here. Which, so. Yeah, which is awesome. Maybe we shouldn't tell anybody, so, because, you know, they come for us, and want to try and get yeah i don't one. yeah i don't know yeah right oh yeah shoot sorry um we don't have it it's just a replica <laughs> just kidding it's a fake just like uh the <laughs> not sort of, the real elder wand <laughs> right it's not the real one we got this one from bellatrix lestrange's uh vault anyway um but no i have my lightsaber if you guys by the way if i mean I, by the time you hear this it's almost like too late for christmas but um i don't know future birthday parties or whatever i'm starting up on the on the extended edition channel a lightsaber collaboration and so I'm going to be grabbing some lightsabers, and I have, like, a, a code. It's called, uh, well, it's my name, Ezra7. And uh, <laughs> you can go, put a link down below. If you click the link, you're shopping through kind of my store. You go in there, I get a little commission kickback on that, and you guys get 7% off. So it's mutually beneficial, but it's insabers.com. And they have a branch over in Germany, which is Super cool. Super cool, yeah. I was shocked by that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just happened to have it right here and. So go get you a lightsaber. Uh, and then the wand thing we're going to figure out, too, because that's mm-hmm. something I, I would like to have one product, you know, sort of per fandom that we that we talk about on the extended edition. And here on Shell Cottage Radio, it's wands. Yes. Uh, it could be cloaks, I guess. It could be other things. Time turners. Those yeah. are those are. Oh, those. there's different I- cool items or Funko Pops. I don't know if you can review Funko Pops. You can. You um, can. Um, let us know, though, if you are someone who collects merch wands or merch in general like i think it's really cool when i see different wand collections and i i don't know too much about like the different um you know we have for for star wars we have end sabers we have sap sap neo we have yeah. all these different companies who, who yeah um, who produce like different types of lightsabers and yes stuff. Yeah. which yeah, is yeah. pretty cool i wonder i don't know if they there is as many in the, the harry potter realm really yeah i don't know this was a really good replica though it's a really good oh, high, high quality awesome. so i i will figure out the company name on that and mm-hmm. then um yeah yeah so that's that's about it that, those are the that's updates that's the up. that's the ketchup in the cottage guys okay okay bill are you ready for some british christmas trivia today oh i absolutely love absolutely <laughs> okay i i hid the answers from you so you can't see them in the dark okay good okay here is number one and um please let us know if you're from britain from england Please let us know if these are actually legit, so, um, or if these are kind of silly. Um, hmm. Okay, number one. What traditional Christmas item is pulled apart by two people during Christmas meals in Britain and typically contains a paper crown, a small gift, and a joke? Is it called a snapjack? Or Nine. Is it, is it like something jack? Nine. Something, no. Uh, a cracker? We're getting closer. Is it a snapper? The cracker is good. Cracker snapper? (laughs) Ripper snapper. What what is it? I don't know. Okay, you get... It's the Christmas crackers. Those are Christmas crackers. Oh, Christmas cracker. Yeah. Uh, Christmas crackers. The traditional Christmas item is the Christmas cracker. It was first created by Tom Smith in 1847. When pulled apart, it typically reveals paper crowns, small gift, and a joke. 
Nice. So that'd be a fun tradition. Okay, I feel cool. like sometimes yeah. I wonder because um, my sister-in-law, um, so my brother's, well, girlfriend, yeah. long-term girlfriend, um, she's Australian, and they do a lot of Brit- British, obviously, a lot of British right, um, right. Christmas traditions and food and stuff. So I wonder if they do that. I have to ask her. Yeah. Or if you're Australian, can you let us know if you if you do Christmas crackers. Yeah, they do. Cr- they do Christmas traditional stuff. They just do it down under, love. Yeah. Just down under. <laughs> upside down. Just upside down. <laughs> they they turn it upside <laughs> down and they oh, okay. All right. Okay. Number two, number three. I'm such. A, I'm in German teaching mode. Yeah. So I repeat myself. Eins, zwei, <laughs> drei. Okay. Uh, the broadcast is no, no. I'm reading the answer. Whoa, to whoa, 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 whoa! Every. <laughs> sorry, cr- sorry. I see the question. Every day, every Christmas day, a British tradition involves the monarch addressing the nation. What is the name of this broadcast? And which monarch started this tradition? In 1932. Oh gosh, you mean I have to know the monarch during that time? I don't know. I'll start with the uh, uh, with the first one. What's the name of the tradition? Oh, have you ever heard of have you, have you ever heard of this tradition? No. So the Christmas address, um, the holiday pump up spirit address. <laughs> Is it the the, the royal? <laughs> The, the royal pump up. The the royal pump up. Yeah, that sounds good. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's Let's ho- get ready to royal. Christmas. <laughs> okay. Uh I I don't know. There was oh in 1932, it was a king. Mm-hmm. It was a king. Um it's I don't know what's his name. Isn't it Queen Elizabeth's father? Pretty yeah. sure. I think so. What's his name? I don't know. Henry? Almost. There's Charles. like two or three different names that are William, like all Charles. Right <laughs> so let me tell you, it's the Queen, the Queen's Christmas message or the Queen's speech. And it was first started by, that's interesting. I think they renamed it. Now it must be the King's Christmas message again, because it was started by King George V in 1932. And back then I have a feeling it was the King's speech or the King's Christmas message, right? Now it probably went back to the king's i don't know it would be kind of odd if they call it the queen's christmas message and the king is delivering the message but who knows so would not us (laughs) and the tradition has been continued by subsequent monarchs and is a key part of british christmas day broadcasts Hmm. now does the minister like is there a similar tradition for the magical world of britain where the minister addresses his Huh. I'm sure there. Even though he's not cool. a monarch, but right, that'd be kind of cool though <laughs> if if he did. If there was some sort of like just yeah happy cheer spirit address given to the yeah. wizarding community, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. But. Is there anything in in Germany like this where they give like a um, an address to the people? Get out in the really. Christmas markets and drink the Glühwein. Not really. Sometimes they do have a little message, I guess, but not really. Not yeah. Nothing officially. Nothing you know, I don't you know. even know what they do here in the United States. I, I know can tell like, you, though. Sorry, yeah. real quick. I can tell you some tradition for New Year's. We have two okay. traditions that I know. So one is broadcasting the New Year's Eve party at the Brandenburger Tor, the Brandenburg Gate mm-hmm. in Berlin. That's a huge party. Yeah. Um where everyone celebrates the New Year's and they have this big stage and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, some, a tradition to watch this on New Year's Eve day, like the day of New Year's Eve, is, and it 
there's probably like a um, a loop. One channel will just broadcast a loop of um, dinner for one. <laughs> it's for a one. comedy okay. thing. It's super old, where um, this butler serving is it the queen or is it just a royal lady it's an older lady and unfortunately it's sad but all her friends have passed away okay so he pretends to be that friend at the table she doesn't really seems like she doesn't really notice and he just goes around and pretends and every time she proposes a toast he has to drink for like six people because he pretends to be every single one. Oh, of that's funny okay that's pretty cool and it's just a comedy sketch. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why. It's just a, it's a, just a New Year's Eve thing that you will watch at least once before you huh. go into the New Year. It's cool. It's kind of silly, but yeah. That's no, cool. Yeah. That's interesting. So there you go. You said you don't really have that in the United States either. I mean, no. Like people a, just have yeah. things they watch. I don't know. We're just watching football, I think. There's football on New Year's Eve or Christmas. I think so. Yeah, the football players are not home with their families. And no, stuff? I don't think so. I remember oh. like yeah, the New Year's Day and stuff. I think yeah. Okay. So. College football playoffs and stuff. Okay. Right. It's just uh, everybody's home, so everyone's you know watching the you know you're watching it's on the it's on the telly and yeah, kind of uh, like Thanksgiving where you can just watch football yeah. together. Yeah. Cool. So. <laughs> on the telly. <laughs> Okay, well, um, I think that's it for trivia, friends. Sorry I didn't do so well this week, but we'll try it again next week with some more uh, Christmas. Hopefully, are there more Christmas questions? Yeah, we have uh, okay. two or three more next week. All right, I'll do some research between now and then. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, but with that, we are off into Chapter 14, Snape's Grudge. Chapter 14, Snape's Grudge. After Sirius Black had managed to break into the castle again, and this time threatened Ron with a dagger, security measures at Hogwarts went through the roof. Ron instantly becomes a celebrity at the school, and for once people are paying more attention to him than to his best friend. The mystery remains. Why did Black flee instead of silencing Ron and just moving on to Harry's bed? Neville, on the other hand, who had left the entry passwords for Gryffindor's tower lying around, experiences nothing but shame and disgrace for the next few days. He even receives a howler from his grandmother at the breakfast table. Despite heightened security at the castle, Ron and Harry can't help but to notice the statue of the one-eyed witch remains unguarded. Yet they choose to keep it a secret for the selfish reason that Harry can still sneak off to Hogsmeade on the weekends. Meanwhile, the fame starts to go to Ron's head. He starts to enjoy telling the tale of Black's attack over and over again to anyone who will listen. When Hagrid invites the two boys over for tea one afternoon, Ron instantly assumes that Hagrid too wants to hear the story firsthand. Hagrid, however, has other things to worry about. Buckbeak's trial is coming up, and Ron and Harry had completely forgot to help prepare for his defense. Hagrid understands that they were too busy with school and the attack, and he doesn't blame them at all. Instead, he reprimands Harry and Ron for letting Hermione down while she is going through a very difficult time. But even after Hagrid advises them to value their friendship with Hermione more than their dispute over their pets, Ron continues to be nasty. When she notices that Harry is planning to sneak out again for the upcoming Hogsmeade weekend, Hermione gets very worried about her friend. She can't believe that they're taking that risk at such dangerous times. But Ron and Harry try to ignore her as best they can. On Saturday morning, Harry pretends to go back to the common room after breakfast, while everyone else is getting ready to leave for Hogsmeade. He waves Ron goodbye and hurries over to the One-Eyed Witch. It is not his lucky day, though. First, he bumps into Neville right in front of the statue. And then, of all his teachers, Snape comes around the corner and finds him right there. 
The potions master knows right away that something seems suspicious. Harry is now forced to go back to Gryffindor Tower with Neville. Eventually, he manages to escape Neville and Snape and slip away to Hogsmeade undetected. Much later than anticipated, he meets Ron outside of Honeydukes. In their adventurous spirits, the two go to the Allery, check on Zonkos, and visit the Shrieking Shack. Then they get another unexpected visitor. Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle come climbing up the hill just when Harry is about to take off his invisibility cloak. The Slytherin gang only sees Ron standing there by himself. Malfoy provokes Ron as usual by making fun of his family and their lack of money. Harry decides not to let this chance go by and still under the cloak, he starts playing tricks on his Slytherin classmates. The three are utterly confused and try to get a hold of the invisible attacker. In the end, Harry gets too close to them and Crab's foot catches the cloak's hem. The cloak slides off of Harry's face. His head is only visible for a split second, but the damage is done. Malfoy stares horrified at Harry's head floating in midair. Then he turns around and runs. So does Harry. He runs and runs back to Honeyduke's cellar, through the tunnel, and back to Hogwarts, hoping he would make it back before Malfoy could tell on him. Before he emerges from the witch's statue, Harry hides the invisibility cloak in the secret passageway. He forgets, however, that he has his pockets full of Zonko's goodies and the Marauder's map. Right on time, just after Harry steps out from behind the statue, Snape appears in the same corridor. He immediately takes Harry to his office in the dungeons. Snape informs Harry that Malfoy had just come to him and told him that Harry's head had appeared in Hogsmeade. He goes on assuring Harry that none of his body parts are allowed to be in Hogsmeade. Harry then lies straight to Snape's face and says Malfoy must have imagined it. This makes Snape furious as Harry more than ever reminds him of his arrogant father. Harry is asked to empty his pockets and Snape examines the empty Marauder's map. Using his wand, he tries to force the map to reveal its secrets. The map eventually responds, but not the way Snape had hoped. The text that appeared on the map contains quite sarcastic insults towards the potion's teacher. The insults are signed by four individuals named Padfoot, Prongs, Mooney, and Wormtail. Something about these names seems to trigger Snape, and he summons Professor Lupin to his office. He demands an explanation. Lupin instantly downplays the situation and suggests it must be a product from Zonko's joke shop. Right on cue, a panting Ron appears at the door, claiming that he'd given Harry all that stuff in his pockets. Lupin acts so quickly that he doesn't give Snape a chance to counter. He grabs the map and promises to have a closer look in his office. He then asks Harry and Ron to accompany him for a word on their homework. All three leave the office without even looking back at Snape. Lupin may have just rescued Harry from Snape's fury, but he let Harry know how disappointed he is that at times like this, the boys would not turn in a powerful yet dangerous item such as the Marauder's map. The professor does not return the map to Harry, but dismisses the two without further consequences. Yet his disappointment makes Harry and Ron feel even worse. On their way upstairs, the two acknowledge they have messed up. As if the events of the day hadn't already been enough, Hermione meets them outside Gryffindor Tower and tells them in a trembling voice that Hagrid and Buckbeak have lost their case. The Hippogriff is going to be executed. Or is he? Or is he? That's the big question we posed on some of our shorts lately. Yeah. And to us, I know we don't want to get deep into time travel right now, but to us, I mean, he's never been executed. No. Buckbeak has never been. Not in this timeline. There is no real other timeline. No. That's it. 
Never happened. Sit back, relax. Buckbeak's fine. Right. Going to be fine. It's going to be yeah. fine, Frodo. Yeah, Fro- I almost said Frodo. <laughs> it's going to be fine, Frodo. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, anyway, yeah. No, so this chapter, Snape's Grudge, you know, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it the whole time that we were listening to it and then there during the summary again, like his grudge. Mm-hmm. Just to really get right to it, it's yeah. the fact that he has a grudge against Harry's father. And, yes. and you know, I think sometimes we, we think about stuff later on, like the bullying, the harassment, etc., the the animosity between James Potter and Severus Snape. But really in this chapter, you, like, it, it, I guess you, you reach one of, you find out about one of the uh, climactic moments in their rivalry. Yes, we do. Right, because they, this is a life or death matter. I mean, I mean, I think, Harry interprets it as like, yeah, well, my my dad saved you, and you're just sort of like, you know, kind of embarrassed by that or or or, or put out by that. Yeah. And Snape's like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. That's not that's not that's not what's up. Yeah. He tells him that it is, and I'm so I'm sorry I'm jumping right in. We're gonna back no, up yeah, in a please. second. That's okay. But I just think the title Snape's Grudge really tells you. A lot, and it just it, it it sort of defines this whole thing. Yeah, you know, we have all these leading leading in events where there's this argument between the two or whatever. Um, but you really figure out this is a big moment when you first read the series that like, oh, okay, Snape actually was almost killed. Yeah, he almost died. Yep, because they played a prank yep. on him, and then he goes to investigate it. Now think about this. I mean, this is like that. We always talk about Snape's like stunted maturity and how he's sort of stuck during that time and. All of those people that he was feuding and and had he has un uh, how do you processed feelings and emotions. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, right. You you can't go back to James and then have it out with him. You no. can't you can't like get that that feeling out and talk yeah. talk through it or whatever. And he's not able to just forgive and forget or to move no. on or to grow into his own. Um, so this is all still it's grudge that's a grudge he's holding a grudge and he can never really resolve any of it um except maybe maybe through harry in the end right uh and through some of these deeds that he's working through with with dumbledore Mm -hmm. um but he really holds this against him like they almost i mean think about that from his perspective they almost got me killed oh i know they have every right uh, he has every right to hold a grudge against them yeah even though like yes after these years maybe you should try and practice some Right, right. Uh, working through his feelings, forgiveness, and stuff. But um, again, Snape, very complex character. We're still working on our mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. reading through uh, Laurie Kim's book. Yeah, uh, Snape. The Snape yeah. book. So very, very interesting. But yeah, Snape definitely has every reason to be to be mad at them. And yep. back then, but what's interesting is that we always get Harry's perspective, right? Snape's being so mean. Snape doesn't like me. Snape's always favoring the Slytherins. But especially against Harry... Harry? 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 Neville? Neville. Neville? Neville. Harry and Neville. (laughs) Um, He's especially mean to them. And Harry always has wondered why. But... um, Yeah, we know why. Harry doesn't... He just regurgitates what other people told him about his father, right? Yeah, he doesn't yeah, yeah. know any of that, any anything no, that's no. gone down, and he just trusts so much that his father was 
good and that he would never do something like that. Yeah, I, I think what upsets Snape the most is that is that all of the focus and attention around Harry and what Harry is, you know, who he's compared to and it's all James. James, James, oh, yeah. James, James, James. Yeah. If it were Lily, yes. you know, all that's all that's ever touched on is you have your mother's eyes. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like, no, actually he has a lot more yes. than that. He's not just he's not just yeah. James. No. Right? He has a lot of his of his mother's uh, abilities and, and characteristics and stuff like that too. But that's not what anybody ever focuses on. It's just what yeah. they can that that actually is a lesson to all of us is the visual sort of component. Mm-hmm. They just say, "Oh, he looks just like his father, must be just like him." And in some ways, he does. It's almost like because you know, it's his father, and he he's he's trying. He's a you know sne- uh, sneaker su- seeker, right? And he's <laughs> he's the, he's got the athletic thing down yeah. and all that stuff. But he the the softer side of him. I mean, yes, there's moments where he has both he has both his mother and his father in him, right? And yeah. he has this moment here where he outright lies. Oh yeah, outright lies, and he's, he of course he's just him. trying to. He's a kid. He's yeah. trying to cover his tracks here, and he definitely messed right. up. Um, and Snape should be mad at him. Yeah, this is not a joke. No, yeah. This is not a joke. Lupin shows him later, Harry, this is not to be taken lightly. Right. As far as they all know right now, uh, Sirius Black basically, you know, served the Dark Lord and gave up his parents. They think that. Yeah, betrayed betrayed his parents and and they they believe that he's coming after Harry. Yeah. And so from Sam's perspective, it's like, like, okay, your dad tried to kill me. Here I am trying to save his son. Right, and, and then Lily, and then, and then Lily gave her life, her for life you. to protect you, yeah. right? And so he's yeah. he's got a lot of yeah. issues with this. The woman he loved, um, the his rival. This is his Draco Malfoy, right? right? This <laughs> yes. is like if, if if Snape is Harry, that's Draco, or if, or, yeah. or if Snape is Draco, this is whatever. Then James is 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 Harry. It's like that's what he has going on in his mind here. And then Lupin is the one who he finds out is the werewolf. That when he goes in yeah. and they set him up to go in there, and they think it's all kind of funny. What if he gets in there? James is like, guys, he'll 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 be killed. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Yeah. So if anything, there should be some amount of respect because James rushed down there and got him. Uh, versus like Peter Pettigrew was scared to death, didn't do anything about it, and then Sirius might have just thought, well, he deserves it. You know, yeah. there's a little bit of darkness in, in Sirius, and he had just had enough. Yeah of of snape or whatever maybe he was maybe he was more of a bully than we realize yeah right mm-hmm. we don't we don't actually focus a lot on him and what what role he played in all of that but anyway i just think there's a lot going on there and in chapter 14 it is just all sort of revealed mm-hmm. and i think harry should have should have in this moment it's not we always focus on like well when he does when he's practicing his occlumency with snape later on that that's when he learns about a lot of these no you learned about it right now in chapter 14 in prisoner of azkaban so sure. yes he's a young man um, but he realizes that his father is responsible for almost killing Severus Snape. So that now he just knows about the rivalry. He knows about the grudge. Yeah. That should carry with him into the next books. And it doesn't really. He, yeah. he, he seems to forget it. And he yeah. seems to kind of just move move beyond it. And then yeah. he's a kid, right? Harry's a kid. Yeah, and, so it and he also sink thinks, in. okay, Snape didn't like his father at all. Mm-hmm. So he could he doesn't really trust his word that much. He he right. trusts in his belief in his father, really. Yeah, right, and, right. And he has every right also, too, yeah. to yell back at Snape as he does in this yeah. chapter, doesn't he? Where he's like yelling back at him like, you know, don't talk about my father like that. Yeah. Even says that he had a moment that was the last time he had felt this sort of anger um, was back at the beginning of the book when Aunt Marge 
was talking <laughs> about his mother. Yeah. Right? And then she's like, she's calling his True. father a drunk. True. And then she's sort of like, ah, you know, it's 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 actually the, the like the mother. There's something off there or whatever. And so, so he loses his mind there. Mm-hmm. That same anger comes in now. And you get it because he doesn't know. Um, he didn't get to know his parents. And so he doesn't want to think about them in, in, in any negative light. And, and, you know, like he's not ready for that anyway. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. That's just sort of my rant uh, at the beginning of this. Yeah, Snape says, Snape even goes as far as saying rules were for lesser mortals, not Quidditch Cup winners. His head was so swollen. And then Harry's just like, shut up. Shut up. (laughs) And then he's on his feet, rage such as he had not felt since his night emperor drive was coursing through him. Very good. You caught that. He didn't care that Snape's face had gone rigid, the black eyes flashing dangerously. What did you say to me, Potter? Yes. Get him, Snape. Yeah, when he and Harry sort of rages out like that, have you seen those? Um, to, to anyone listening, have you guys seen those um, like AI images where it's like Harry Potter and all the characters and they're muscled up? Oh, yeah. They're huge. <laughs> they're bodybuilders. It's body like all of them are bodybuilders. Are huge, and it's like basketball players. Yeah, yeah. And, that, stuff, it yeah. Just, and I imagine Harry just like in that moment, just like popping out and he's like, don't you talk about my father. You know, it's just yeah. huge like that. I think it's that's, that's what popped cool. in my head. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Thinking about like. Should we back how, up? I'm sorry. Yes, we will in a second. Okay. I just wanted to mention that I think it's interesting. Some fans have posed the question. What if Harry was a girl or looked more like way more like Lily? Would Snape have treated him any differently? Really? Oh, yeah. I think that's, again, you know. part of his immaturity. I, I really mm-hmm. do. I think everyone talks about him like he's James. Yeah. And James is who he could not stand. Yeah. But for a fact, yeah, if the chosen one um, would have looked, yeah, if, if this, if he were, I'm trying to think, what's uh, Harrietta, Har- Harriet, <laughs> Harriet, Harriet Potter, right? <laughs> if it was Harriet Potter, yeah. um, then Harriet Potter would have looked more maybe like Lily, possibly, yeah. and, and had her father's eyes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so there's that would have been totally different, I, I think. think. I think so, too. Like, imagine a little mini Lily sitting in your potions class and, you know, right. that'd be also very difficult. He'd still be a tormented kind of like almost maybe overprotective and sort of sort of a still very secretive and guarded. But Oh, yeah. He has to be. Yeah. Right. Because he's still playing the double agent. Right. But I feel like um, there would be... His character would not be this angry, aggressive, mm-hmm. visceral person. I think he would turn. He would have turned into more of a secretive, mysterious mm-hmm. character, right? Who was like guarding and kind of, you know, still, still kind of like gray. We don't know mm-hmm. which way. There's times where he does stuff where he vanishes, and he seems like he could have been involved in some dark plot. But ultimately, yeah. there's more of this. It's v- more um, uh, in support of Harriet potter yeah, yeah then you know I'm, I'm gonna make a short called harriet potter <laughs> you should so i'm telling you right now that's a, that's a good idea even though he is kind of nasty still towards hermione and we have speculated maybe he sees a little bit of lily in hermione because uh, she's so smart and mm-hmm. and wants to learn and is good at potions and yeah yeah best friends with jane air quote james or yeah harry so right 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 possibly um Interesting. Anyway, okay. just uh, let's go back a little bit to the beginning when Ron is really enjoying the celebrity status that he got, and I can't believe how 
how they, how they almost think it's cool even though he was attacked by what they think is a mass murderer <laughs> he survived an assassination attack I, I mean basically he did i would be scared though i'd oh. be scared i think i would want to go home honestly but yeah i'm sure he was i mean he obviously we, we know from last chapter he was terrified yes. uh and, and everything but once it settles down yeah and they you, put all these guards up they put like security yeah. trolls in and the fat lady is back because, yeah, uh, yeah. It's our Kadogan messed up. <laughs> right. Yeah. He almost gets this false sense of security. Like, okay, I survived that. Like, yeah. I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm cool. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hero in some way. I don't know. So yeah, it kind of goes to his head though, right? He definitely becomes yes. a a celebrity at the school, and and again, yeah, for the first time, people are paying more attention to him than they are to, uh, to Harry. And I think Ron sometimes feels like. I know he feels like he's in the shadow of, of, of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. but as the series goes on, he sort of grows into his own and he becomes this, I just, I love, I love Ron's character because he cares so much about his family and his, his parents, his, his yeah. brothers, his sister, um, his best friend. He is in his shadow for, for a while, but then he sort of just grows into his own. Like he, yes, he does. I think Absolutely. later on, if he were to look back on his time there, he's just mm-hmm. like, wow, I'm on like one of the. Like, like I was, I was. He's already cool. Like he yeah, doesn't need that. Yeah, he didn't need extra fame. No, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that it's interesting that he, he thinks that if he were to look down at like Colin Creevy, Colin yeah. Creevy thinks he's awesome. Yes. Right. He and does. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's Harry Potter. Not just because he's Harry Potter's friend, but honestly, the way Ron is always like, except for when next book we get into the whole thing and um, Goblet of Fire. Yeah. He's, and the tournament in this book. Harry gets another broomstick, another like the mm-hmm. firebolt, and he's yeah. not jealous. At, he's like, "Let's go! Look Let's at this! Go. It's so awesome for yes. you!" And he roots for him. He's not jealous of his Quidditch player status or anything. He's just like, "That's yeah. so cool!" Yeah. And hey, can I maybe try yes. writing it? But he doesn't like. He's even like, "Let the man go through" or something like. Yeah, he's he's rooting for his friend. Absolutely, and and yeah. that's the thing. You, like, oh my gosh, I've been I've been oh, I've been down this. I've been down this road where you start to notice the people in your life who are rooting for you, yeah. right? And, and who are not and who are rooting against you or who like don't celebrate your successes. And it's interesting. Yeah. And there's different phases and different times for everybody. And so you don't have to be on or, or, you know, like, I don't know, solid for everybody all the time. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And that's what happens to Ron. Like you said, next book, it's kind of like he's not rooting for him. He's rooting against him. Like, this is bullcrap. What's going yeah. on? Uh, but to see him here, it is really good. It's really yeah. good to see his friends su- supporting him that way. And I think Harry also supports Ron. I think yeah. Ron's awesome. It's like, you know, he lived in the wizarding community his whole life. Yeah. And so leans on him a lot earlier in the series to be the knowledge base and understanding yeah. of what's, you know, what's what. I think this is one of those things where Ron doesn't realize what kind of an asset he is, like asset and friend yeah. to to Harry and Hermione, because it's just how he grew up. It's like when I'm here, I sometimes don't realize, okay, I speak another language. 
I forget about it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's something cool. Absolutely, like, it is. Yes. I could communicate in, in different language or teach people about my language. And, and sometimes because it's been part of your life since you were yeah. born, it, it doesn't really, like, you don't really notice it as much. Yes. And that's a lesson for everybody out there. It doesn't matter. Like, to look inward and look at your life and say, what is it that I have... Um, that I'm an expert in or that I'm accomplished in or what am I good at? Like mm-hmm. we all have something. Everyone has something. And I, I think a lot of people get caught up in this limiting mindset that says like, nah, I'm not. Like like what Ron does later on, like he starts yeah. to get kind of like down on himself and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Everyone looks up to you. And yes. then like I always think of Puffs actually where, uh, what's his name? Wade? Was it not Wade? What's Wayne. Wayne. Wade, Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> Wayne. Uh, Wayne is like looking at all the Gryffindors <laughs> thinking, they're so cool. I know. They're so awesome. And it's like then somebody else thinks that about you whoever you are someone else thinks that about you and if they don't i do you know what i mean like i do i think it's been walking around like in life here recently looking at other people total strangers just saying holy smokes who is that's another spirit walking in this realm and it is amazing who are they what's going on what are they offering into the world oh i know and like like where is everybody developmentally like some people are just kind of not there yet but they will be in 15 years they're not so what that was me yeah seven, eight years ago, right? Where I had no path in life and I was like, what's going on with my life, right? And so not saying that I'm anything great, but like everybody uh, like evolves and develops at their own time. Yeah. And so Ron does that in this series. Um, And and then we all step back sometimes too. You'll take five steps forward, two back. And he will do that in Goblet of Fire. And and Snape has a lot to offer. There's a lot of good things that he has going on. He's a potions master. Right, he is super. I actually, yeah. Honestly, that now that you say that, and I'm thinking about it, I think if he wasn't like super nasty to me, let's say we were taking mm-hmm. his class, yeah. I think I would li- like, except for the being mean to people. Yes, yeah. But yeah. I think I would t- like to take his class because I had a math teacher who was very much like, and again, it's it's good to have different teachers who teach different methods so, yep, and yep. and different amounts of like. Um, group work and individual mm-hmm. work but he's all about like most of the time it's just like here you go here's the recipe follow the recipe turn in your potion at the end like or you know i don't know if he does any demonstrations we don't really get a glimpse of yeah, that yeah. but i think i had a math teacher who was very much the same she showed you how to do it step one step two step three step four mm-hmm. it's on the board you know you just do the same thing repeat don't make sure you read instructions every single step is important yeah and then you should get the same end result. Yeah. And that helped me because her, that teaching style actually helped me a lot um, by rinse and repeat every single time. We knew it was a step one, two, three, four, Mm -hmm. and then maybe apply that to a similar problem. Yeah. Yourself and try to solve it. So that, yeah, that's the year when I really like, like fell in love with math. And I think I would enjoy taking Snape's class actually. And yeah, I think he could be such a good teacher because he knows so much. And as we see in the Half-Blood Prince book, <laughs> he knows more than the people who wrote the book, the textbook. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's so many things that he is uh, an expert in or he could be a great duelist. He's he's yes. so he's so um, well-versed in the dark arts and he's mm-hmm. such an asset to Dumbledore. And he could have been all of these things. But this is where you get caught up like like early on in his youth he he took he there was a fork in the road and he decided to go dark arts Voldemort yeah. because of 
other people, not really him. Mm -hmm. It was sort of in resentment to other people. And that's where we all got to be careful is like not letting other people influence our own paths and our own walk in life. Right. right? And, and really make sure we're making those decisions for ourselves, Right. And it's not in opposition to somebody else or whatever, you know, I, it's kind of, I I think there's more to it than that. I just, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, I think there was definitely a curiosity, a natural curiosity in him that could be sparked by his background, by his, childhood right i think he had a difficult childhood we don't yeah. know too much about it but i we get little tiny parts of it when when he meets i think uh lily for the first time and stuff i think he's not very happy at home um yeah yeah and so he i think that he's just drawn to something different i guess mm-hmm. yeah yep. yeah um so actually i don't know how we went back like from ron back to snape uh it's okay now we're on to neville (laughs) neville yes i i really want to talk about neville and how how i think it's awful how they treat him after his mistake yeah i think it is okay to let your students know this is a mistake you can't make especially not during this time Mm -hmm. it is very dangerous but to and i'm gonna read this part real quick yeah so to see what what are Neville's punishments. So Neville was in total disgrace. Professor McGonagall was so furious with him. She had banned him from all future Hogsmeade visits. Yeah, that's okay. Given him detention. Okay, we know that's a typical thing to do here in Hogwarts. And forbidden him or forbidden anyone to give him the password into the tower. Poor Neville was forced to wait outside the common room every night for somebody to let him in while the security trolls leered unpleasantly at him. Mm. And then on top of all that, he receives a howler from his grandmother. And we remember, we all remember Mrs. Weasley's howler and how awful that was. Right, yeah. But how can you, as responsible responsible teachers for a little student, they're 13-year-olds, they're my students' ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. How can you let, while a mass murderer who has proven he can break into the castle, no problem, and escape, you won't find him. He's proven twice he can do that. How can you let Neville sit outside the common room? Like, I mean, yes, you have the trolls there, but is our security trolls really going to be a problem for Sirius Black? You know, like, you leave him outside his safe space. Right. Yeah. I mean, just just say that. Would, did, did, just, there's no way it would happen in, in no. modern time. Like, if, <laughs> if a teacher were at some retreat or, or camp and they're like, look, hey, if he doesn't know the knock-knock password uh, to come into the cabin, you guys leave him outside in the cold. All right, let him... Let, he's going he's gonna to learn. All right. That's like, terrible. I mean, holy it's smokes. okay, give him detention. Okay, he can't go to Hogsmeade. Fine, that's, that's okay. I know, like, take some... Air, air quote joys from him that he can't enjoy anymore because he really messed up for a while because so, so he learns but leave again leaving him outside it's just yeah i'm a little disappointed did it say that he was left outside or did yeah i think it did he one was time. forced to wait outside the common room every yeah. night for somebody to let him in while the security trolls leered unpleasantly at him and then it even says that harry felt so bad for neville oh that was because of the howler but yeah. Well, I I think yeah. Hopefully, some of his other Gryffindors just said, "Hey, sorry, McGonagall." I was gonna say, not like, doing that. I, no. I he's our friend, and we're not gonna leave him outside. Like that's that's dumb. I mean, can you imagine Hermione or Ginny just leaving Neville outside? Yeah, I, I know some people. Sometimes just make a statement. You're trying to really yeah. be like, "Hey, people's lives are in danger here, etc." Uh, we gotta be super serious. And it's a fantasy novel, but 
Uh, yeah, I'm rooting for no, someone like yeah. Jenny to walk by and say, Neville, here's I a password. Know. You know, and that's what we always want to do. We want to expand on what we get from the book, and we oh, read yeah. between the lines, and we think, okay, maybe the first two days Neville was left outside, and then Ginny was like, or anyone like we don't know all the Gryffind- Gryffindors, but I think some of them were like, oh, come on, Neville, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, hey, I mean, so that's all good and well. We're talking about Neville. We're talking about what Ron, you know, Ron's head's uh, swelling up as well. Um, oh yeah. Talking, to, uh, telling his story to some what, second, second grade ladies, girls. Yeah, he starts just enjoying that he's telling to anybody who will listen, right? Yeah. Uh, and then one day, Hagrid though invites him down yep. to you know his hut, yep. and and that's he's like, well, he probably wants to hear the story. Uh, oh, Hagrid yeah. wants to hear from me and what's going on. Is he almost sure. turns into a little bit of like a Lockhart, like a little delusional? <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought about you know? that too yeah, when it's I like, read it. It's like, well, clearly yeah. Hagrid wants to hear about <laughs> what happened to me. Um, but however, uh, he, he is more, you know, he's <laughs> troubled by Buck Beak's trial. Yeah. And um, they feel bad. They hadn't, they hadn't really remembered it. But that's not the real reason, right? The, yeah. the real reason he wants to calm down here is Hermione. Yeah. A reminder about friendship. And I mean, props to Hagrid in this moment. Yeah. He's going through a difficult he, time himself. Yes. And still scolds these guys and says, hey, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Because he was like, look, I mean... Again, I understand that you didn't have time. You were busy. That's okay. I really, really think that's fine. But Hermione was lonely and came to see me and helped me out. And he he has his... I mean, Hagrid has his heart in the right place. He... Uh, first of all, like, I, I mean, I don't know. It's like Hermione has no other friends than mm-hmm. Harry and Ron, really, right? He she She's yeah. lonely when... They don't hang out with her. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, so that's something we learned from from book one is that a lot of yeah. the other Gryffindors, even though she was earning them points left and right, I bet you yeah. some of the upperclassmen were kind of like, "All right, well, you go, girl." Yeah. Um, but her own classmates are kind of like, mm, "She's you know one upping us, and she's yeah. better than us." Or she's I, I see this actually a lot of times when you have kids who come in and they are just grinding getting yeah. after it they're doing a good job and the yeah. other kids start to kind of resent them yeah that goes back to what i was saying earlier too be careful about the people you hang out with because yeah. they'll want to bring you down they yeah. like like that's hermione's just strive. she wants to learn wants to do her thing and mm-hmm. other people are kind of ticked off by it oh yeah you just think you're so cool and you can go like study and do- well whatever and it's like she didn't do anything to you she's just passionately into her books and into her studies yeah. and she's doing her thing um, but yeah, it doesn't feel like she has a lot of friends, and so when Ron and yeah, when Ron and Harry are not around, it really shows. Yeah. My other observation, and I just thought about this, is you know going back to book one, Neville's the one that says, "Hey guys, it's dangerous. Don't go do it." And she's like, "Neville, I'm really sorry about this." And yeah. then boom, full body bind curse, and he's yeah. done. So she's like, "Okay, I'm in with the guys. We're going down. Yeah. We're doing the thing." And then Chamber of Secrets, she gets petrified. Mm-hmm. And now in book three, she's way more cautious. She she seems a lot more. Yes. she's oh, the yeah, cautionary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the True. she's back to the cautionary Hermione, who sort of says, "Hey, hold up. There's yeah. there's a mass murderer out yeah. there. Serious black, you guys. We we got to check the fire bolt. Um, you should not be going into Hogsmeade. No, yeah. You shouldn't be doing these things. And she's doing it out of love yeah. and concern, etc. But it is very different. I mean, she starts that way." in Sorcerer's Stone, and then kind of dips into this rebellious, yeah. rule-breaking Hermione, yeah. uh, which is awesome, and goes on this adventure at the end with them. Mm-hmm. And then she's investigating it for sure with them at the beginning of Chamber of Secrets, but then she's petrified. Yeah. 
And after that, you come back. And so it's just, just an observation. She, You come into mm-hmm. uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, and she's not as... She's sort of like, let's just... One, she's very busy. She's got tons of schoolwork yeah. to do. But it feels like she's more just really cautionary and really getting on them for certain things that would be like, really, Hermione, what's the what's the big deal here? We're, we should be fine over in Hogsmeade. The broom, does it really... I mean, come on. Is yeah. it that big of a deal? Um, yeah. But she's right. I mean, two years right. at Hogwarts already taught them Hogwarts is not the safest place on earth. And you should be careful. Right. With, right. Like who you talk to and what you investigate, where you go. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. So now, essentially, the guys will, will basically, they're going to make up with Hermione, right? They're, yeah. they're going to go back, make up. So they feel like they've let Hagrid down a little bit. They forgot about that. He, yeah. They're scolded. Like, Hermione is your friend. Go back and fix things. So um, then they do. And when, by the time that they do, they go back and and they're talking to her. But she's noticing they're about to sneak out again. So she's again worried and saying, hey, I don't think that we should be yeah. we, sh- we should be doing that. She does try to put aside the differences between their pets. Ron is not, though, yet. He's not there yet. No, he's not there yet. <laughs> um, but, and we'll get there in a, in a second once, well, that's going to be kind of transitioning in, into next chapter. Yeah. Because right now they're still just sort of like, no, we're going to do what we want. Yeah. And it's, that's that whole idea of we're going to do what we want. We're going to go to Hogsmeade, do our thing, ignore what Hagrid says. Like we start to get kind of the rekindling of the friendship again, mm-hmm. but then it's quickly uh, squashed because the boys just decide we're going to do our thing. We got the Marauder's Map. We got the Invisibility Cloak. We're untouchable. Okay. So we're going to go do our thing. They, oh, I know. And they do. They they go to the One-Eyed Witch. They see that that it's unguarded and stuff, right? Um, yeah. And this is when they make their break. So on, on, as you said in the summary, on Saturday morning, um, that's when Harry pretends to go back to the commons. Yeah. See you, Ron. Have yeah. a good time. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I, he it's, makes, it's so interesting. He makes sure that Hermione sees him go back. But then at the same time, Hermione knows about the one eyed witch. So who are you yeah. trying to fool? Like, she knows. OK, you can fool the others, but not Hermione. <laughs> right. And she's just sort of giving him. Pro- yeah. you. We don't see her in that moment. But I get I guarantee there's like this side eye. Yeah. Eye rolling like, oh, my gosh, they're yeah. doing it. This is so yeah. dumb. <laughs> I could actually see her maybe even like shadowing Ron yeah. to kind of protect and just Maybe. be there. Yeah, what should she do on oh, that day? Oh, bless her. I bet you she was. Aww. I bet you she I mean, was she just... she probably went on her own. Yeah, man. Gosh. Because Neville couldn't go either. I love Hermione. She's love her so too. sweet. Even though she has her moments where she turns very dark. <laughs> yeah, she does. She um, does. No, but in general, she's, she's awesome. And um, yeah, I feel bad for her in this moment. Yeah. Now... Neville's also, though, not allowed to go to Hogsmeade. I know, and this is terrible. I feel bad for Neville, but at the same time, if I wasn't Harry's shoes, and again, if I wanted to do that and I decided to do that, it would be so annoying if you then run into someone who's like, hey, what are you doing? Let's hang out all day long together and do this vampire essay. And I think it's super funny that he says, I don't understand that thing about the garlic at all. Do they have to eat it? Or... (laughs) Yeah. That's just a funny sign. That that is funny. You know, and I love Neville because from his perspective, he's just like, hey, I'm cooped up here. You're cooped up here. Let's do something, Harry. You know, let's go to the library. Let's walk around. You know, let's just hang out today, man. Let's try to make the best of it. And it's too bad. I almost wonder what if Harry didn't have this 
hadn't already told Ron and set up and he wasn't going into Hogsmeade and he was going to follow the rules, I guarantee, I Maybe hope. Maybe he would have, yeah. Yeah, I, I would hope that he'd be like, yeah, Neville, let's go. Like, what's up? I mean, yeah. I'm not, you know, I got nothing to do. Let's, right. let's hang out. Um, read some books, study, chill, and yeah. do our thing. Because I really feel like Neville's a, just a good good guy and he's he's just trying to be, make the best of a bad situation. Yeah. And, yeah. So, but but Harry's annoyed. Um, and he does go back up to the uh, common room and oh, Snape, yeah, he has Snape to because, yeah. and this is, I think, quite interesting. So, what does Snape like, again? It's very, very like Snape shows up in places where Harry is all the time, and yeah. he's like, "What are you two doing here?" He clearly knows something's like. Why can't they? Maybe they just met there, like they would, because later I think we learned that the one-eyed witch would be kind of on the way to Hogwarts at eh, Hogwarts. Gryffindor Tower. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't they just have met there and talk, right? He, mm-hmm. But he knows the way he says, what are you two doing here? An odd place to meet. To Harry's immense dis- disquiet, mm-hmm. Snape's, Snape's black eyes flicked to the doorways on either side of them and then to the one-eyed witch. And later when they're saying, okay, we're going to the common room, Harry looks back and Snape was running one of his hands over the one-eyed witch witch's mm-hmm. head examining it closely so that makes me think 100 percent that snape sometimes just goes around the castle and kind of scans with his uh legilimency skills yeah. for harry's mind absolutely 100%. does like he mu- he knew something is up with the witch the yep. statue there's no way he could have just read the i mean he might have i don't know but Mm-mm, no that's that and i i love people who come across like yeah how did he once you find out that this is something he's good at and he can yeah he can practice this uh really well and he can shield his own mind from Voldemort and stuff you you realize as you look back on a second read you're like oh he actually can you know i i, I would love to i don't know if jk rowling has ever said anything about that specifically but it feels like yeah it feels like he was reading harry's mind multiple times mm-hmm. throughout the series and got just glimpses like you do have to be, I think proximity is important and you have yeah. to be near them and stuff. So as you're rushing up to someone, you quickly get a glimpse of what they were thinking and Neville's there kind of distracting him and he just caught one-eyed witch something, right? Hogs, you know, whatever he's thinking about is like, boom, I, I'm going to investigate that. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. That makes me wonder, do you have to know that the person is there to be able to read their mind? Because in book one... When Harry tried the invisibility cloak for the first time, he runs into Quirrell and then Snape's there too, or Filch, I don't know, Filch and Snape, they're all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snape's there, definitely, somehow close to him, isn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, or is that a movie? I don't know. But if he was, like, could he feel the presence, the mind? Could he hear the mind? Or does he, I think he has to actively focus on it, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, it's not just like he, like, let's say Edward Cullen. Yeah, yeah, he would just hear or Queenie, thoughts. Queenie, or Queenie. Yeah, they would yeah. just hear thoughts, right? And right. they could know, even though someone's someone would be invisible if they don't close their mind. Yeah, yeah shield yeah. their mind. She, then they and, would know, right? And she's more of a na- Queenie is more of a natural, just without any effort, really a natural. Right, she just gifted, hears it. She has yeah. to. Kinda. Others, I think, have to kind of like Snape have to practice it. They might be yeah. more gifted in it, but they have to be more intentional in their targeting. Because mm-hmm. Queenie, at one point, was just in the um, what would be the the American like Makuza. Makuza, I am. And 
he and, and can her sister also she's attached to her sister mm-hmm. and sort of can feel something wrong oh yeah yeah she drops something right yeah mm-hmm. yeah from a distance she's just cued into that and like whoa what's going on yeah whereas i don't think uh you know a dumbledore or a snape just walking floors away or even like a city away or across the city would be able to pick up on those feelings yeah i feel like they need some proximity and they need some in- to be intentional and to choose to uh mm-hmm investigate that mind a little bit so yeah 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 good question though good thought mm-hmm. right all right so um eventually harry does break away and he's able to get back <laughs> yeah. uh to the one-eyed witch and pick up his cloak and get over into hogsmeade much later than he had anticipated uh or they had planned right and mm-hmm. he's, he gets into honeydukes and him and ron are just off doing their thing oh they're having a great time great time even though ron thinks it's a little odd that he has to talk to thin air just you know like nothing yeah so he he can't see him um but it's fun it is definitely they have they're having fun they even like it's a nice day so they don't want to stay inside they go up to the shrieking shack and i think ron tells him like even ghosts don't go there yeah and fred and george have even tried to break in but no no way and that's kind of crazy like lupin's been gone for over how many years yeah but the legend and the lore persist no one's ever bought mm-hmm. the land or mm-hmm. tried to do something it's just not even the ghosts go there you know i almost <laughs> wonder if there wasn't sort of a an old charm or something that dumbledore put on that uh, yeah. shack yeah. that sort of you know how the how muggles when they approach mm-hmm. hogwarts something eerie sets on them they get a gut feeling that says don't go yeah. in that direction i'm yeah. not going that way and you almost wonder if there's not like a charm that's sort of lingering or had faded Maybe. a little bit some mm-hmm. powerful magic mm-hmm. you know because as dumbledore says magic leaves traces yeah, and, true. And I, I would, I would imagine the, the sounds of a werewolf uh, and all the things that that Lupin had going on, mm-hmm. as well as wards uh, by Dumbledore yeah. back in the day, might still linger. And then again, yes. the lore associated with it as well. Yeah, if you imagine like Newt, who investigated that place and retraced what happened. Yeah, yeah. He could have maybe someone like him could have done the same thing to the freaking shack and kind of retrace the steps of the werewolves and then maybe even the Mm -hmm. other animagi yeah 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 possibly uh but in this chapter we get an unexpected visitor though so Mm -hmm. you know ron and harry are doing the thing having a good time marching around and here comes their favorite three of course what are they doing there folks (laughs) um malfoy crab and goyle show up they come up over the hill and as they do, I mean, this is actually crazy timing. Harry was just about to take off the invisibility cloak, right? Yes. He was about to just sort of Because okay, he's cool. got like, you know, you have to go up a hill to get right. to the shack. So he's like getting warmer and he's like, oh, I want to just get some fresh air. Take right. it off. Yeah, I'm out here away from, no one's around. Yeah. We should be fine. And then these guys. How long were they tracking them? That's the thing. I guarantee they saw Ron headed in this direction. Yeah. Because... And what are the chances that they are talking still about Buckbeak while they're walking up the hill? Right. And... Hagrid and stuff like it feels very much like they did that on purpose to oh yeah to get Ron to get, get to Ron. Ron yeah yeah yep and this is where they, they I think in the movie right I mean you've got Hermione there they don't yeah, really do they, the yeah, whole yeah yeah that where she doesn't she's mad at Ron but she's still there I like that because I think of a little date between Ron and Hermione oh I know they did that in the first, the first time yeah. when they went to Hogsmeade but still I think it's you know it's just yeah. fun to think about them together or her that shadowing them that makes you wonder if Hermione right now on her own is just like retracing like or re- like going to the places where she went with Ron it's like oh oh my gosh you know when I first came here with Ron that was fun yeah 
Yeah. Surprised <laughs> that she doesn't just stay and not go to Hogsmeade and just sort of says like, hey, I'm just going to keep studying because she seems to be so swamped. True. True. What's she doing then at Hogsmeade? Maybe yeah. she... Maybe she is studying and she gets a butterbeer and she, or something and oh, she's yeah. just kind of like... Or she's at the Madame Puttyfoot's... Yeah. Just getting a coffee. Coffee and just chilling and, and doing a little study. That would be yeah. fun. Just change the scenery. So... Yeah. Anyway, they're made fun of though. Ron is 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 uh, sort of Malfoy's coming at him with the old classics about his family and and, and you know uh, also poverty Buck and, Beak and yep. yeah both. Mm-hmm. So it just uh, turns into basically. Uh, well, Harry decides to to take the opportunity to uh, get after him. Does he start throwing mud? mud? He throws yeah. mud and um, what else does he do? Like other things at them, and they try to find who 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 did that. This scene is kind of odd to me. Honestly, they're living in a magical world. Yeah. And they're like, huh? Who, who did that? Like, I, I can't see. Like, as if Ron couldn't have, like, conjured a snow, like, you know, some mud and yeah. used a spell against him. Or someone else who's, like, behind a tree who couldn't have Wingardium Leviosa some mud into yeah. their faces. And they're like, huh? How does this work? Yeah. There's no one here. I can't see anyone. Right. They're just caught off guard. Yeah, they're definitely just, just caught off guard. It's, it's like, kind of strange to me, though, because they're all from old wizarding families, and it's not like they're muggles who, who still have that mindset of there has to be a source of this this yeah. physical action that we experience. It's right. just kind of, I don't know. It just does, for me, it they're doesn't almost, yeah, fit too scared. The, 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 the picture of they should be used to magical things, right? And, right. Again, they're they're assuming, I guess, that Ron maybe is doing it, or who they're probably I don't know. Maybe they maybe think they Hermione his... is behind one of the trees. Yeah, possibly. But I think I think you can kind of maybe sense that like Ron's not doing something, and so that's what makes them yeah. kind of go like, "Oh, it's not him." So what is this? Yeah, and true. maybe yeah, you could yeah. you could look at it like that. And to be honest with you, I think anybody who saw a floating head just floating around the forest <laughs> would I, be freaked out a little bit true. initially and then just get just yes and then the running off uh is just to go tell yeah at that point it's like oh this is potter scared me for a second but i'm going yeah. to tell on him yes. he's not supposed to be out here yeah and it's a race back back to right hogwarts so which is funny because they're they're racing in the next chapter it's almost like harry snitch. is so yes they are um it's it's harry is so sure that Malfoy will get to Hogwarts before him. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like... Is and he it, does. I thought the way the tunnel was probably going to be more straight forward shot to the castle. But he has to go all the way back... To the yeah village, to Honeydukes, into yeah. the cellar. Make sure no one sees him or moving right. doors. And right. Yeah, true. He has to be more careful. And then he just takes off the cloak and runs through the tunnel. Yep. Because before yep. that, he has to make sure the cloak covers every part of him while yep. he's running through. That's kind of yeah the part about it. And then he, I, I mean, props to him. He does think about, okay, we have to leave the cloak here because if somebody catches, catches. me, yeah. they know about the cloak. And then that's my, I mean, they know what happened. Right. Unfortunately, he was just thinking, you know, the cloak's <laughs> most important. Yeah. Keep this here. But kept the, everything there. Yeah, he Cleaned him, his hands a little bit. But then at the same time, if he had hesitated one more moment... Snape would have seen him come out of the witch, of oh, yeah. the statue of the witch. He didn't have a moment to spare. Yep. And actually, then Ron, so you know, I bet you Ron sort of starts back after Harry toward, yeah. towards Hogsmeade and is like, oh, I need to go after Malfoy. Which way do I go? Yeah, I got to get back quick because he gets yeah. back, you know, shortly after and says, oh, it's me. It's me. Yeah. All that stuff is mine. And that leads us to the point where 
you know, Snape confronts him yeah. and he asks Harry to turn out his pockets and we get into the Marauder's map <laughs> and like, what is this thing? Yeah. And Snape is sort of, you know, he's waving his wand over it. He's trying to use different magic. Yeah. Uh, the, the the Zonko candy is, is easily explained, right? It's just like, this is from Ron. Like, yeah. I'm just enjoying it. It's nothing. I wasn't there. And he's trying to look right. really like, like solid, like I'm good. <laughs> I, I also imagine too, since he knows he's been caught, like he doesn't even realize that he's closing his mind, but I bet you he is closing oh, his mind a little is. bit because we just talked about legitimacy. And I think just a natural when you're in True, a. True, he has a talent. Like, yeah, all he which have is a little talent for it. Well, I, I just well, think he struggles later. But yeah, yeah, I just think the point is that like when you're in a fight or flight kind of mm-hmm. you know response situation, I, I feel like witches and wizards are are very much sort of like they're he's lying, so he's 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 actively trying to cover up where he's been. Right, right. So he's doing that with his words, his mm-hmm. posture, his body language. Right. So therefore you so feel like his mind too. it would trickle yeah. into his mind yeah. and that's why Snape can't really like that. read his mind. Um, so he turns out his pockets and then, yeah, we've got Yeah, because the, Snape doesn't know that the map is a map. So he right. can't read it in Harry's thoughts. And I love that he goes and tries to throw it in the fire and he basically is sort of like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm going to yeah. toss this in the you fire. And he's it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and such a classic yeah move yeah <laughs> uh and and so yeah oh so it is something important and uh so what does that mean it tells him it's something something yeah. and, and it's 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 good on when lupin shows up later it's good that he's able to kind of say yeah it seems like it's just a joke it yeah. matches the zonko's you know uh I forget what he had exactly. If it was something from the Zonko's. bombs. Something like, yeah, it was yeah. a bag of something. Um, and so this parchment is played up to kind of match that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just something that a kid wouldn't want to lose. They think it's funny and sort of a prank. But Snape still, though, he knows. He knows something's yeah. up. And you, you brought For up sure. an interesting point. You thought, you wondered, I think you when we were reading the chapter, you'd ask a couple times, like, how does he know? This is the most, yeah, this is, sorry, this is the most confusing part to me about how Snape acts in this moment. So he tries to do magic to to re- make the map or the par- piece of parchment reveal what it, the secrets are. And then finally something happens and it's just writing down or letters appear, words appear with insults. Mm-hmm. Insults towards Snape himself. And there are these four personas, individuals that are called Mr. Prongs, uh, Mr. Mooney, and Wormtail, and where is it? Padfoot. Padfoot, Mr. Padfoot. Yeah, they call him Mr. Padfoot. <laughs> and Mr. Wormtail, sorry. So they all insult Snape. And something, so this is, I, I don't understand really. Either in this moment, it's the first time he made the connection between like the name Mooney, maybe that's the, you know, Moon and Werewolf. And that's why he summons Lupin. But if he does, if he does know who these people are, why would he summon Lupin? Because if clearly Lupin is one of them. Mm. And wouldn't he know that Lupin would try and cover this up with Harry and Harry would get away? Like, I don't understand his action. If you know, like, he clearly confronts Lupin. Uh, maybe he got them, the, the map directly, or the parchment directly from the manufacturers mm-hmm. looking at Lupin. So he must have made the connection somehow. But then why do you get Lupin in this moment? Well, I think I he, he doesn't it. know it's a map. He thinks it's something. And so yeah. what's interesting is Lupin knows it's a map. Yeah. I think maybe he does recognize their code names. 
I think. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, okay, this has something to do with his father. This has something to do with his old friends. Somehow he's gotten this and it relates to them. He doesn't know its significance or anything. So it's just like, I'm going to call Lupin down here and see if he's going to tell the truth. Yeah. See what's up. See, yeah. see what this thing actually is. And then to see him kind of dismiss it like it's nothing. You know, this is nothing. This is just an old, you know, whatever. And then he doesn't give Snape time to respond. Yeah. He instantly just sort of says, tucks it away. Uh, thank you, Severus. And then Harry, oh, yeah. Ro- Ron, Ron comes in. Yeah, Ron came in. Right. Yep. And he basically says, I need to talk to you about your essay. Come with me. Let's go. Like he covers. Yeah. He, and he gives him the look like I'm going to smooth this over. And I really think it's just Snape knows. I, does, I do think maybe he recognizes their names. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think he must have. I mean, um, yeah, there's like no said, other way. Why, 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 why would he call him? Like he, he says, says dark arts. Right. It's a foil yeah. of dark arts. Right. And Luke's like, no, nah, I don't think so. Right. But then the, the comment about the man of manufacturers is like gives it away that he he suspects that it's lupin and his friends and yeah i mean how awful they just i'm that sorry but that's kind of what do you call it like evidence again that this map writes insults about snape and his nose or mm-hmm. his his greasy hair how mean how mean is that and then one of them one of these guys is your colleagues now yeah yeah, yeah. and i feel like I hope that Snape knows that Lupin. I mean, they're they're grown ups now, and Lupin he has lost both of his, all three of his best friends, really. But yeah, yeah. would this map have insulted Professor McGonagall if she tried to get into Great it? Great question. I think it would have. I think I think, I think it it's a defense. Not, I don't think it would have insulted it uh, her, but it would have said like some sarcastic, clever comments. Yeah, I think it's just somehow it's been enchanted to whoever is trying to get into it, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. It's it could be Dumbledore, it could be anybody who's trying to get into it. If they don't know it's secret and they don't know how to yeah. open it, then it's meant to be dismissive and yeah. coy and yes. so I don't think they made it like, oh, let's make this also have an element or a layer just that is just insult no. Snape. But it is no. it sucks that it does. And it's sort of this it's sort of cutting into his history with yeah. uh, with the Marauders. Right. And it so. flares up old wounds mm-hmm. and yeah yeah so it doesn't doesn't really help his um yeah right so to finish all this off i mean yeah. uh, essentially and this is i think true and in in for a lot of youngsters and for a lot of people the the angry visceral kind of uh, uh aggressive snape and and his sort of questioning of harry doesn't really affect or his him scolding him severely about black and sneaking off and all that kind of stuff doesn't get to Harry. But yeah. what does is Lupin being disappointed. And that's yeah. because he has more respect for Lupin. He he um he's learned more from him and he feels a a, a connection and he feels a caring. There's a rapport, yeah. there's a relationship and so when Lupin's disappointed, Harry yeah. really feels it. Both yes. boys kind of yeah, understand, both. okay, mm-hmm. like oh boy. We really messed up, yeah. Yep. Not good. So And while they're realizing that they really messed up Hermione shows up and then she drops the news on them that Buckbeak and Hagrid, they have lost their case on top yeah. of all that. So, Yep. And now at the, yeah, it's kind of come full circle. Like, okay, we've been out running wild, doing our thing, being carefree, uh, dismissing this whole serious black thing. It's just, they're very, they downplay the heck out of it. And it's almost a, yeah, it, it comes full circle. Mm. They've lost a friend a little bit. Now they're in trouble. They got really close and it causes you those moments where you get really close to something like that, like like you get in, in trouble, you reflect back and you're like, 
oh, I need to back up a second and mm-hmm. start like taking more responsibility for my actions and like, yeah. and, and apologize and say I was wrong and just walk a straighter line because yes. I've been walking kind of carefree and, and that's what I think they realize here. So right. and then we'll get into the, the next chapter where uh, we'll break down all of that in chapter 15, the Quidditch uh, finale. So, yeah. but wow, what a chapter. I mean, it's uh, yeah. One of the, like really cool that we get this Snape James connection, a little more of it. And Lupin is there. And then Harry and Ron learn the hard way. <laughs> I'm glad they do. So, like They don't get away with everything. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So, yep. All right. Then uh, with that, I think guys, this is our last episode really before Christmas, even though we have a little bit of a Christmas theme uh, next time too, uh, because we're going to go ahead and record right away. So we have everything ready for you to go before Germany, before you go to Germany. Um, Before we turn off the mics here in a second, I just wanted to give you one last recommendation of the week of the year, really from Irma Pintz. So a book we've been, or I've been, more I have been reading the last couple of weeks is called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Think Like a Monk is a personal development book that draws on the author's experiences living as a monk in India and a subsequent return to the Western world. The book aims to provide readers with insights and practical advice on how to incorporate the calm, purposeful, and centered mindset of a monk into everyday life. So I thought it was cool that they covered topics like mindfulness, meditation, overcoming negative emotion, or just in general, um, working with your emotions, and like personal growth and self-discovery, all that kind of stuff. And yesterday in the gym... I also listened to uh, Laura Zeiler. If you're from Germany or any German-speaking country, you probably know Laura Zeiler. Um, she's a huge podcaster in the personal development world. And she was interviewing a Shaolin monk who's been training Kung Fu since he was four years old. It was just so impressive. And the, the mindset, like, we're, I think we're more and more interested in how we really can shape the world around us, how much the how much power our mind, our thoughts have. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're into that or interested in that kind of stuff, uh, it was an interesting read. Um, again, not all of it is like, not everything is super applicable to, you know, a, a Western world life sometimes, but he yeah. really tries to show you how can you make small little changes, small little mindset changes that the monks taught him. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. You know, I've noticed more and more how uh, the books we read, the podcast, all the things that we encounter, they trickle into our Harry Potter discussion. They do a little bit. Yeah, I love it's it. just fun. I love it. To share because they, they are good books and, and we just want to share whatever we encounter that made our, our life a little bit or even like our day a little bit better. Yeah. So maybe that you were interested in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just think it's like as you grow as a reader, like if I would have done this this podcast right after just reading them, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been any of this. It wouldn't have been all that that uh, deep analysis or commentary. Right. It's really just what happened and, and what are some of the theories and, you know, more sticking right to the text. But it's fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. So thanks for the recommendation. Um, that's all, friends, for this week. Uh, we'll be back, like we said, uh, next week. We're going to be, uh, as Lottie said, we're batching these bad boys out and trying to get them ready to go. Diving into the new year, we hope uh, some some friends... Well, I mean, actually, all the time we have... 
when the new year starts, people go to find a podcast. So True. if you're one of those new folks who popped in and found the podcast, welcome. Leave us a review. Um, we just uh, it's just our cozy cottage where we talk. Mm-hmm. We talk Potter and and we just love it. So it's uh, sort of we our do. love language. And if you're one of our air quote old listeners, then uh, maybe you have a friend you want to recommend our podcast to, and they might like it. So yeah, yeah, That'd be sure. awesome. Yeah. All right, friends. Well, hey, uh, again, that's all for this week. Thank you for tuning in to Shell Cottage Radio 94.7 COZY. We hope you'll join us in the future. We thoroughly enjoy meeting new positive Potter people that don't behave like babbling, bumbling bands of baboons. Baboons. Uh, if you don't want to miss out on the next episode, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review and follow on social media at Fleur and Bill. If you truly enjoy our content, consider supporting our growing wizarding family on Patreon or Apple Premium. You'll find all the links down below. Thank you so much to all our current patrons. We appreciate you to Luna and back. On our next reread episode, we will continue our journey through Harry Potter in the Prisoner of Azkaban with Chapter 15, The Quidditch Final. So make sure you tune back in next time. And until then, have a great rest of your week and Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us in our Shell Cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. On our next reread, we'll continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 15, The Quidditch Final. Final? Finale? Final? So make sure to tune back in next week, and until then, have a great rest of your week. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Thanks for joining us in Shell Cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. Knox. Yeah, yeah. Just want to throw the Happy Holidays in there in case that was like, you know, I don't know. Do what you want with it. Don't matter. Bye. Love you. Okay.